1: ESPN Missoula Sports Center. For the second Saturday in a row... All four of Montana's Division I basketball teams posted wins. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. In Missoula, in the first game ever played on Robin Selvig Court, Lady Grizz affirmed the dedication to Montana's legendary head women's basketball coach by cruising to a 65-48 win over Weaver State. Carmen G. Feller scored 18 points as four Lady Grizz scored in double figures and Montana moved to 9-5 in league play. UM is tied with NAU for second in the Big Sky Conference standings. In Bozeman, Montana State remained two games ahead of the field. Darian White poured in 19 19- points to move over 1,600 points in her illustrious career and the Montana State women's basketball team led from start to finish in a 70-53 win over Idaho State. MSU is now 11-3 in league play with Montana coming to town for a rivalry matinee in Bozeman on Saturday at 2 p.m. The Grizz men's hoops team is officially on a roll. Montana tied for its worst first half start this century but has since won five games in a row after fending off Weber State 74-69. The victory is UM's first at Weber in four years and moves Montana to 8-6 in league play. The Montana State men kept pace, moving to 11-3 in league play with a 58-52 win at Idaho State. MSU hosts Montana Saturday at 7 p.m. The ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Blue Ribbon Accessories and Auto, where your ride is our pride. What is now on ESPN Radio? I'm sort of sad because not only is football over but the uh the Monday afternoon quarterback the second season of it winding down but uh we're going to have a hell of a lot of fun here in the second hour. What's up, Coach? How you doing?
2: Man, I'll tell you what. Is this the last one? This has been such a fantastic year. I had a lot of fun. I hope you did. I hope the listeners do. You're like Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> You know what I mean? You win all these awards and all of this. And you're like the MVP of the sports radio, at least in the
1: Northwest. Well, I, I love it. Thanks so much for the kind words. Marty Mornowig in studio with us here on ESPN Radio. And I don't, don't know if you heard, but a big-time football game uh, last week. Also, Coach, I got you this. Uh, this is the uh, the Willie Nelson album that he just won a Grammy for. So he cut that at the ripe old age of 90. Still winning Grammys. So. Uh, I know you're big Willie guy, and uh, you can you can check out the uh, the new album there.
2: Thank you very much, Cobra. <laughs> what a what a present! I, I'll tell you, I gotta I gotta uh, do something for the old. As my third child out of four, uh, second daughter Molly used to say, "Valentine's Day." <laughs> so that's tomorrow. So for all the listeners, yeah, yeah. make sure that you do something. you gotta do something. Yeah,
1: you gotta do something. One afternoon quarterback presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula and rome student housing stay tuned we're going to give you 50 bucks to dazzlers car wash keep your car all sparkly shiny and clean uh, we're gonna go through i gave you my grades but i didn't really hash about uh here's my grades for the game from yesterday first of all i gave the pregame a c plus just because i thought and this is everything before they start singing right it's all the this organization that guy this guy that guy it's just whatever. It's just kind of canned. I'm sitting here. Let's get the game started. Let you know. Let's roll. But then, as soon as the actual real event started, yeah, at America the Beautiful and the national anthem, the flyover with the all-female uh, fighter pilot crew, uh, and then into the game. After that, I thought it was one of the best Super Bowls ever because I thought every single element of it was just absolutely nailed. The national anthem was great. My mom's crying. Everybody's loving it. And uh, then on the field, I mean, unbelievable. One of the best games in Super Bowl history. My biggest takeaway from the Super Bowl
2: was Chris Stapleton singing the national anthem. It was so good. It was so good. It was so good. He made the head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles cry.
1: That's how good it was. It was. It was absolutely amazing. I uh, I thought that the the whole thing was was first class. I thought it was really really good. Uh, last week we didn't get to this, but I wanted to ask you. You have been in the Super Bowl before as a coach. Both on the winning and losing sides. When you win, what's the party like? I will tell you, the parties are set.
2: Right, uh, the owners have had two weeks, and when you win, there is hugging and cheering, and it is a party. <laughs> when you lose, oh man, those ice statues seem like they melt much faster, right? There's a whispering going on. People tend to get in, get up, get out. So uh, to- two totally different things. The other really thing, the-, the difference is a team like Green Bay who does not have an owner, nice, nice party, but not as extravagant. Mm-hmm. These owners, see, in Green Bay... If you spend a certain amount of, you got to go to the board, right? They've right. got a board, totally, right? The owner, Jeff Lurie, uh, Jerry Jones, uh, uh, you know all the. They don't have to tell anybody, and they do it. It's it's like crazy, like like I said, like ice statues and <laughs> waterfall uh, p- p- juice and things like this. It's crazy. So uh, there, and you you talk about a Super Bowl hangover when you lose. Yeah, it starts right there at the party after you lose the Super Bowl. It is the biggest downer that you've ever seen, and a Super Bowl win party is one of the greatest parties
1: that you'll ever attend. the um, The second half of this football game, and this was a great game, by the way. If you if you don't if you haven't heard, <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles thirty eight to thirty five. But straight out the gates, coach. I mean, all sorts of things happened in this game, but you could tell both offenses had a great plan coming in, loaded for bear, no doubt about it. Uh, Both of them ran their scripts, their their early game scripts pretty much perfectly and scored opening possessions. Then Jalen Hurts has a very, very rare mistake and kicks the ball down the field, basically, and it's a scoop and score for the Chiefs. But then in completely now, what I would say, typical Jalen Hurts fashion, boom, he's back at it, and they're just marching, marching, marching. And they go to halftime, and Philadelphia's up 24-14, and they've done pretty much whatever they wanted besides that one turnover offensively. Well, then in the second half, though, the Chiefs, this is why I bet the farm on the Chiefs, man, because they were just surgical. The way that they adjusted the things that they did, and there's basically a perfectly executed offensive second half for Kansas City. What did you see change? I mean, how was Kansas City able to dominate that second half so much?
2: Well, I will tell you everything you said I agree with. Uh, you can't, uh, Philadelphia's up by 10 at half, and they gave Kansas City 7. Those were two of the biggest plays. Jalen's fumble, and he played fantastic with the exception of that singular play, right? Uh, Nobody's immune to a a mistake, uh, certainly in any game. Uh, And then the punt return in the second half with the Chiefs. The Chiefs scored every time that they had the ball in the second half. However, one of them was a five-yard red zone type of score. I'm not sure they did much adjusting in the second half because they only ran, the Kansas City Chiefs, only ran 20 offensive plays in the first half. And and the, the first drive was just a beautiful thing. You know, the Eagles went down first and scored. And I went to my wife, Lindsay. That looked pretty easy. The Chiefs go down and score. My wife says, that was looked even easier. And so here we go with a
1: high-scoring, close Super Bowl game. In the second half, Kansas City had the ball four total times, four total drives that resulted in touchdown, 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 and then the game-winning field goal. Patrick Mahomes was 13 of 14. The only incompletion he had was on a, a, a well-executed play where he was rolling out to the right and he just threw it out of bounds because he just wanted to avoid the sack. So basically perfect Uh, Zero total penalties, zero sacks, zero negative runs against arguably the best defense in the NFL. And I also thought it was just fascinating the way that they got it going in the second half because you you mentioned the the, uh, limited play count for the Chiefs, but also they started running the ball with authority. They're not necessarily known as a power run team, but they rushed the ball for 125 yards after halftime alone.
2: Well, you could tell they, they tried to do that early with some mild success, especially in the first drive. But you could tell. That was their game plan, and like I said, they only ran 20 plays in the first half. So I suspect that they stayed with pretty much their game plan because they were negating the pass rush just a little bit. How do you do that? A great pass rushing team like the Philadelphia Eagles are, world record type of pass rushers, For sure. right? All right, how do you do it? Run the ball right at them if you can, right? Do a little bit of chipping on the edges, and then you get help to the most dangerous man inside, right? Right. Do some screens, and they they did a couple brilliant tight end type of screens to slow that rush down. And then hard play action to drop back and throw the ball deep, and they hit, they hit Kelsey. You know, one of the most disappointing, surprising things of the Super Bowl was the Eagles' defense. First of all, they didn't cover Kelsey in that first drive. For sure, and I'm going. What what, what are we doing? <laughs> right, I mean he's the, he's the best option in the whole league. I, I, I'm two people can kill you uh, for the Chiefs, the great Patrick Mahomes and then Travis Kelsey. What yeah. are we doing here, man? All right, so so uh, and and then the pass rush didn't get there. Now some of it had to 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 do with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy with a great game plan, excellent scheme. Then the players have to participate at a high level but most important is a great pat Ma- patrick mahomes when he was pressured he still got the ball out and but half the time they were still complete this patrick mahomes is a special dude not only is he talented highly highly talented and tough and smart but he's got these instincts that you can't quite explain He sees a little bit more and feels a little bit more than even some highly productive quarterbacks in the NFL, let alone regular people. He also rarely, he's very, very creative, but he rarely makes a mistake. That's right. He's not immune to a mistake here and there, but it's very rare that he damages his own team. Usually when he's creative,
1: he's damaging his opponent. The other thing, Bill Barnwell had a great article on ESPN.com about... Some of the schematic tweaks, the pre-snap motion stuff that Kansas City has run forever is not that in itself is not the part that's so uh, outside the box because they, you know, pre-snap motion is, is a part of modern football, especially when you have a mobile quarterback and you have RPO elements to your offense and all that sort of stuff. But Barnwell identified several of the pre snaps things that they did in this Super Bowl game that are not on film anywhere in the world. So they're figuring out new ways to do a sort of common thing. That's another place where having a, a great quarterback is is essential, right? Mahomes and these guys, they can add that halftime, put it in, and boom, you're rolling. Oh, yeah.
2: I, I, Patrick Mahomes is a master at that system. Now let's talk motions. Uh, why do you motion? Well, first of all, you can tell manner zone typically, yeah, right? Uh, all right. And then, and then you may gain an angle. Sure. On a defender, or you may may gain a half a man by motioning. Uh, all right, and then, and then uh, you you can force you force your opponent, your the defensive opponent to communicate. Right, all right. So and 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 then you keep them off balance. So so, but they do it a little different. Right, they tend to how I got got brought up in the NFL. Quick, sharp, fast motion. Snap the ball right at the point you're supposed to, right? Get them communicating. Keep them off balance. Well, many teams will motion, man or zone. They'll get there, and then they'll run one or two plays. They'll audible and all these type of things are, are dependent upon front. But the Chiefs are very fast, quick, sharp. Snap the football, and then let's keep our opponent off balance.
1: is now ESPN Radio, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Mordewig, in studio with us here on your radio dial, presented in part by Rome Student Housing. Do you or your student or aspiring student need an affordable place to live while attending the University of Montana? Look no farther than Rome Student Housing. Located on Front Street, just a 10-minute walk from the UM campus and right next to downtown Missoula, Rome offers a variety of living options for University of Montana students. High-speed Wi-Fi and TV packages include more than 100 channels, Plus, the NFL Network comes with every single unit. Each unit has a full-size washer and dryer, plus every unit has its own full bathroom, so no more waiting for the shower. Rome also offers pet-friendly apartments, and they have a bike and ski tune room, plus a community room. For more information and a virtual tour, visit liveatroam.com. Last thing before we get into some of the uh, discussion on what this all means, uh, for the two main characters in this story, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, the the two last touchdowns for the Chiefs, which both came in the fourth quarter, Kadarius Tony, who they acquired midseason, who I actually thought was awesome coming out of Florida, and he just wasn't able to stay healthy with the Giants. They're probably kicking themselves for letting him go now. He's going to be the next guy for Patrick Mahomes, you can tell, or one of, uh, for sure. And then uh, Sky Moore, who had I think the 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 largest pregame odds of anybody. On the board to score a touchdown, so anybody that bet on him, you're feeling pretty good. But both those guys, they were just so wide open. How do they get so open in the, in those red zone situations?
2: Well, you saw the Eagles made a mistake, and so I suspect that Eric Bieniemy and Andy and the rest of the staff they they sensed a, a, a short motion that they were going to overplay, and you saw uh, the Philadelphia Eagles two men ran with Kelsey and left a man wide open in the flat. <clears throat> so I I guarantee you they suspected that they would throw him off balance and get at least a step or two, let alone be wide open, with that type of short motion in a quick fashion, Snap the football, and it looked to me like the Eagles both times tried To trade it off. That's right. And they just didn't get it done because the motion was so fast. It was a short, quick motion, snapped the ball, and a lack of communication, a lack of trading it
1: off. There's a lot of scuttle uh, on social media, which I know is obviously a place that has some alternate realities sometimes. But about the field condition, what did you think of the field condition? Because it did look like... Guys were slipping a little bit. I don't know if that's advantage or disadvantage because both teams have to play on the field, right? Well, well, look, Coulter. There are some
2: fields in the NFL. I, I was with one of them uh, at Candlestick Park. Sure, close to right. the form. It was always slick, even on a 75 degree day. Yeah, it was just so close to the bay.
1: Right, but it and you get, and get that San Francisco fog in there. Yes. It's a little moist and all the time. Yeah, so
2: we knew we had a little bit of a home field advantage. Okay, so two 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 other things come to mind. First of all, in a Super Bowl, should never happen. We're too good. We are just too good at these things right now. This is 2023, a Super Bowl in 2020. Come on, what are we kidding ourselves? Get a get a good uh, piece of grass, uh, you know, for a field. All right, that's first thing. Second thing, I was I was sort of surprised just a little bit at the Eagles' indecision. They brought a bunch of clay, all these things, right? You have to be prepared. It looked like the Chiefs were a little bit more prepared, yes. even though they slipped a little bit. Sure, but they came out with a little bit longer cleats, a little more cleats in their shoe. Right? It's very simple, right? You you get up there, it's you know where you're going, you know what surface you're playing on, and typically it's head coach. Hey, check your cleats, and then and then the 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 equipment guys are on it. You you know the, the equipment guys are the experts, and so that surprised me that the Philadelphia Eagles were not ready for a little bit of a slick field.
1: The, I, I felt that just in, in just broadly, field aside, that you uh, we, we debated all week last week. You and I did, and we also talked about it on the show. If having experience in the Super Bowl previously would be an advantage or not, and just from what I saw yesterday, I thought that just a slight advantage went to the Chiefs for yeah, having been there.
2: Yeah, somewhere between a slight and, and a big chunk. Yeah. And, and you saw it. I mean, by the time the the coin was slipped, yeah. right, it felt like it was 10, 12 minutes before the game actually started, right? Typically, at halftime, it's a 12-minute halftime. I mean, you may have eight minutes in there right. with the fellas yeah. and your staff, right. right? In the Super Bowl, it's something like 34 minutes or 29 minutes, and it turns into like 35 or something. It's crazy. <laughs> right. So I suspect that you're exactly right. The Kansas City Chiefs may have handled halftime just a little bit better. Now, there are some Eagle players and, and, and administration that have won a Super Bowl. For sure. So you know the communication in the locker room. So so I, I would suspect it would be uh, a slight. I was uh, a little interested in Mahomes got his high ankle sprain leg. Yep. Uh, and nicked yep. Right before halftime. Did. And that, that 30 to 35 minute halftime, I was wondering if that thing would stiffen up on him just a little bit. It didn't. That, and I suspect this is what happened. Something happened at halftime with a little medication, sure. whether it be oral or or an injectable.
1: No doubt about it. But afternoon quarterback, all right, Mornowake in studio with us here on Nuanas Now. Super Bowl 57, the Kansas City Chiefs come out on top with a 38-35 to 35 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, coach, I think it's safe to say that uh, we got the latest and newest dynasty in the NFL. It's funny because the NFL was all about dynasties, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. And the last 20 years has been not about dynasties whatsoever. There's the Patriots, and that's it. Everybody else is, you know, fighting for their spot, and they're they're, uh, turning the spotlight. But even having a one- or two-year run over the last 20 years has been amazing. You know, even New England, even with all their Super Bowls, they only went back-to-back the one time. It's been 20 years since they did it. But now here the Chiefs are. Five straight conference championship games, two Super Bowl wins, and plus a third Super Bowl appearance. And it's come on the the, uh, shoulders of this guy, Patrick Mahomes, who's now multiple-time MVP, multiple-time Super Bowl MVP. Where are we at with what this does for the legacy of both Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes?
2: Well, you just said it. You look at dynasties, so to speak, right? right? And the last one was Tampa Bay. Tom Brady.
1: Yeah.
2: Bill Belichick. It, typically, it's one of those Hall of Fame quarterbacks That's right. and a Hall of Fame coach together. And maybe, maybe they could have done it without each other, but maybe not. You know, it it, it, it takes a, a whole uh, team top to bottom uh, to create a dynasty. Patrick Mahomes is so special, uh, you, you know, that uh, we talked about it, I believe, last week. He's one of those few guys who... Uh, and I'm only exaggerating just a little bit, could take a high school team, put him on his back, and have a chance in the NFL. I mean, that's how good he is. And as far as the legacy, both are in the Hall of Fame now. There's one-win Super Bowl quarterbacks that are not in the Hall of Fame. I'm not sure that there's a two-win quarterback that's not in the Hall of Fame. I think Andy probably would have been in the Hall of Fame even if he lost it. But this vaults him into one of the top
1: coaches, maybe even ever. The other thing is that Patrick Mahomes, we, we always talk about the evolution of quarterbacks, right? You break in, you're this hot star that it's sort of like the breakout guy. Nobody really has an answer for you yet. Then they figure out an answer for you. Then you got to overcome that. And, and on and on and on. Well, Mahomes then had to deal with what the super duper stars have to deal with. Now he's having to deal with the exposure, the the off-the-field stuff. People are bellyaching about what his wife says at basketball games. And there's all this stuff that doesn't matter at all, but it's noise, right? You have to endure it. And then on the field, he had to deal with, well, Tyree Kill gets traded. They revamp all the skill guys. They don't have any elite skill guys other than their tight end left. And none of it mattered. He went out and won the MVP, threw for more yards than he's ever thrown for his entire career, uh, Was had the second most touchdowns he's ever thrown for in, in his entire career. And so, I mean, I thought it was a breakthrough moment. For him too, because now there's no questions left. He, he's he's faced a variety of defenses. He's been the marked man. He's dealt with all the distractions. Now here he is, and he is the I mean the best quarterback of the modern generation at this point. Absolutely, and
2: he's uh, will be talked about through through for the rest of his career. Uh, like Joe Montana and Troy Aikman and 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 Bradshaw, you know, he won a bunch of Super, and those types of quarterbacks, and certainly Tom Brady. Uh, and if he stopped
1: playing today, mm-hmm. he would be voted into the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's just that simple. I was thinking about this. I was actually thinking that if Patrick Mahomes just retired right now, it'd actually maybe be the best thing that he could ever do. No, 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 <laughs> no,
2: no. Players play. You know, the one, it's a small thing, but it's part of this equation with the great Patrick Mahomes. He grew up around pro sports and That's pro right. athletes. So, you know, you know, how do you get that mojo? How do you get the leadership ability? Some of it I think you're born with. Some of it's your environment growing up. You know, his dad was a major league baseball pitcher, right? So he grew up around uh, major league athletes, uh, uh, pro athletes. Uh, And so he probably saw and sort of even subconsciously learned some things. And one of the things you learn growing up in that environment is to motor through all the crazy stuff right? And keep your focus. His brother is kind of half crazy too, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter to him. He has no problem focusing in. Practice, games, preparation, that's what he does, and that's what the great ones are. That's what they all do.
1: Here's the tale of the tape so far for Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Two Super Bowl victories, two Super Bowl MVP awards, two regular season NFL MVP awards. He's the first NFL MVP to win a Super Bowl since 1999. I thought that was an interesting statistic. Last MVP winner, To win the Super Bowl then was Kurt Warner. Everybody else, there's been, I think, five other MVPs that have gotten to the Super Bowl and And then lost lost it, right? Actually, the runner-up of the Super Bowl has won the or the, the runner-up for the, the MVP, excuse me, has won the Super Bowl, I think, like seven times. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm going to win the trophy that really matters. Well, that was Jalen Hurts this year. Well, listen, that game could have gone either way, right? Uh, right, oh, for sure. And if the Eagles win, Hurts is the MVP, and, and he has those bragging rights for sure. Mahomes playing five AFC championship games, three Super Bowls overall, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, two-time NFL uh, Offensive Player of the Year, and uh, 12 wins every season. since so has taken over as Kansas City's starting quarterback. Uh, pretty darn impressive. Okay, so- now
2: on that point, if you remember, back when Andy his first year in Kansas City, they started off 0 and 5. Yeah. And then made a run and drafted Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's crazy. This dynasty, they start 0 and 5. Chuck Knowles yeah. dynasty. They were horrendous. Yep. Tom Landry's dynasty, so right. to speak. Horrendous yep. for, what, four, four, three, four, five years, both of them. So, so and then Andy starts 0 and 5 and then creates a dynasty.
1: A couple hypotheticals for you here. One, and this is, we would never know the real answer to this, so this is just for fun. But Mahomes famously, people didn't know what to think of him coming out of college because he'd played at Texas Tech, right? Uh. And he'd thrown for a million yards, but but his teams were just average. You know, middle yep. of the road, 500. Yep. And, you know, he's got, he, he's got the baseball background. He throws 95 miles per hour. But nobody had really seen guys throwing from their hip and playing shortstop as, as a quarterback, basically. But a lot of teams passed on him, and the Chiefs got him at 12. Yep. What happens if the Bears draft him at two? Yeah,
2: yeah. Like, well, the Bears are way better. <laughs> for sure. Uh, uh, but,
1: but would he have reached this point? Because part of it is... The continuity with the coach, right? Like Joe Montana's a great player. Would he have been the same without Bill Walsh and Jerry Rice? Right? No, I, I think there's there's that special relationship, whether they like each other or not.
2: For I sure. mean, there's a, there's some dynasty quarterbacks who didn't particularly like the head coach, well, but they both
1: had respect for each other. I don't know if Tom Brady and Bill Belichick liked each other very much the second half of that. Right, and know? Bradshaw
2: can't, <laughs> couldn't stand Chuck Noll. <laughs> totally. You
1: know, I mean,
2: so so look at here's here's the the situation with coaches and quarterbacks. Which one is... is No, it's not which one. It's together. That's right. Them together. And and I'm not sure Joe Montana loved Bill Walsh too much either. Sure. Right? And it probably didn't get out much, but I was in training camp with them, you know? For sure. So, uh, but anyways, uh, what's your thought
1: on the holding call? Oh, buddy. At the end of the game? We're going to talk about the holding call and more hypotheticals <laughs> On the other side, Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. we got free car washes, more hypotheticals, and what do we think of the holding call? All that next. Keep it right here. Orleans now, now ESPN Radio. We are taking the show on the road once again. On Friday, we return to one of our favorite places to broadcast between 4 and 6 on February 17th. Nuwana's Now will be coming to you live from the Montana Football Hall of Fame at the Universal Athletic Service headquarters in Bozeman. Swing in to get all set up for Saturday's Kakeris doubleheader and get your gear for the big game while you're there. Nuan is Now, live from 4 to 6 p.m. at Universal Athletic, 912 North 7th Avenue in Bozeman this Friday. Universal Athletic, for the athlete in all of us.
2: Nine ESPN Missoula. watch the show statewide on SWX television
1: I always think with people that have just these prodigious voices like Chris Stapleton, Like at what point does he just start singing when he's just like a little kid and his mom's like, "Oh, you're gonna be famous"? (laughs) Like at what point do you start sounding like that? It's amazing.
2: You know, we've talked about these special qualities, these intelligences, and different things in in athletics. That's an intelligence. Guys can go on. Some guys can go on the field. They just have the instincts to get it done. Music is an intelligence. This dude could probably sing when he was popping out of Mama. <laughs> For you sure. Know? I
1: mean, that's just the way it is. <laughs> For sure. Unbelievable. I thought his national anthem was second to one. Whitney Houston in 91 is the only one I could ever remember that's any better than Chris Stapleton's was yesterday. He brought down the house. It was awesome. And uh, and he didn't do anything special. Nope. He made it simple. Yep. yep. To, I mean,
2: it was just fat, but that voice of his. Well, right when he can sing like that, I mean, that's all holy you need. Smoke.
1: <laughs> holy smokes! My afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty Marty Mortewig in studio recapping what was a Super Bowl to remember. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs take down the Philadelphia Eagles, thirty-eight to thirty-five. Couple of the unsung heroes in this game, Coach. I know Patrick Mahomes was the the Super Bowl MVP, but I thought Nick Bolton, number thirty-two, who has a heck of a story. He was a undrafted free agent. He's made his way up the depth chart. He almost had two touchdowns. He did have a scoop and score. He almost had another one that was called back. When he played with his hair on fire, he was all over the place. I thought he was the standout player for the Chiefs on defense. Some uh, of the time
2: in big ball games like the Super Bowl, those that you least expected have one of these great games and help you win the game. And I will tell you, every play mattered in that game. Uh, and certainly his play and, and, and the high level of play that he played at uh, certainly helped them win the ball game, and I'm talking about the Chiefs.
1: A couple other unsung heroes for the Chiefs. Canary's Tony, who we talked about a little bit, scored the touchdown, but he also had the huge punt return. I was surprised a little bit. That was the NFL, uh, the Super Bowl record for punt return, 65-yarder, but that was a huge play in the game, too.
2: Yeah, and that, did I hear this right? There's never been a, part, a punt return for a touchdown for a touchdown. Now, the great Desmond Howard, who... Was MVP in 1996, or so would have been 97, 97 Super yeah. Bowl, right? Returned a kick for a touchdown right. against the New England Patriots. He also had a big punt return in that game as well.
1: Last uh, unsung hero I thought was Kalen Saunders, who's a kid who played D tackle tackle uh, for the, uh, the Chiefs. And uh, he's a guy I've interviewed before because he's a Western Illinois guy. And uh, I remember... Because the, the Grizz had a home-and-home home against Western Illinois, and the Cats also had a home-and-home home against Western Illinois. So we had a lot of Western Illinois action for a couple of years there. And I remember their coach telling me, "Man, I got this D-tackle, he, he's going to he's gonna be playing on Sundays. I know he is. And I was like, oh, okay, we'll see. And then you see him, and you're like, oh, yeah, he is for sure. He ended up being a fourth-round draft pick, but he had a sack in this game. And uh, it's just always cool to see the FCS guys rising up and a guy that both Bobcat and Grizz fans will, will recognize if they harken back to those games. Uh, Against Western Illinois, he's a great player there uh, in the middle. We come to the point now where everybody... This is what everybody's talking about besides Mahomes' legacy is the holding call. What did you think of it? It was a hold. But I am surprised.
2: Now, that type of hold will typically be called maybe a little bit more than half the time in regular season. Especially since Patrick Mahomes, it looked like his eyes were away from the holding call. Typically, they'll they'll let that go. So, and then it surprised me in that situation that they didn't allow it to 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 be played out because you throw the flag, the game uh, for all intents and purposes is over, right? And those officials know the game, right? You don't throw the flag, and maybe it's a little bit. Uh, sort of bias for me. I wanted to see Jalen Hurts in the Philadelphia Eagles offense in a two-minute drive, down by three, in the Super Bowl. So uh, I was a little surprised that they... It was a hold. There's no question about it. A little bit of the shirt tail came out. But I was surprised that he threw the flag in that situation.
1: Can we play this uh, Nick Sirianni? Do you have that up there? Right, Anders getting it. Uh, just a, a quick deal from... Uh, USA today from the post game press conference let's we'll get to that and here, uh, just a minute. We I asked you about the field, but I, I, I totally agree because this is actually the third time in big-time situations that I've seen this. The other two were not the Super Bowl. They were in the FCS playoffs. But, you know, on a micro level, that's a big deal. We saw this in the national championship game two years ago down in Frisco, Texas. The field was a mess. And then this year, when the Cats played out at South Dakota State, the field was a mess as well. I don't have as much beef about it when it's at somebody's home field. It's your home field. It's your home field advantage. If you're South Dakota State, you don't want to plow the field that well because you think that gives you an advantage – Hey, so be it. I, I get it whatever. Like they used to say back in the night and Blake McMurray told me this. He said back in the 90s I know they grew the grass long at Washington Grizzly Stadium cuz they knew cuz our coaches knew we could hit we just couldn't run. <laughs> but, but regardless, I mean it is though on the on the biggest stage though, you got to find a field that's functional to play on.
2: Well, I remember when I was coaching in Green Bay and we had a divisional playoff game against the San Francisco 49ers and it was cold and wet and ugly and that field was mud after the ball game. So we had a uh, 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 NFC championship game going to be played in one week. They came in and resorted the whole field, and it was a beautiful field by the time the game started. We're better than that. We can put a good field together now. It might cost you a couple bucks, and <laughs> sure. at, at the one double A
1: level, I'm not sure they're willing to do that. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, here's a just a clip from Nick Sirianni about the uh, the controversial holding call. This is in the uh, <laughs> the post game following uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, after the Philadelphia Eagles lost thirty-eight, thirty-five to the Kansas City Chiefs,
2: I'm not. I'm not. It's not my job to, uh, you know. I mean, you'll see me on the sideline. I'm going to argue with different things of, of of calls here and there, but it's not my job to make the call. You know, those guys got to do that in, in split second, um, you know, scenarios. Um, and so, you know, that's what he saw and he and he called it. And so, that's never. It. I, I know it always appears to be that you know, it's one call that makes it, it's not, it's not what it is, right? It's not what it is. There's, there's so many plays that contribute to the, the end result of the game. And, in, and today
0: they were better than we were.
1: That's a good perspective. It's what you and I have talked about a lot. The big calls are certainly big calls. They can alter the momentum of games, but if a game comes down to a single play, you've already lost. So, well, I mean, you, you mentioned, you thought it was a whole, so it was the right call. So, I mean, what, uh, I, the young man who made the holding call too—he admitted after the game. He said, "Yeah, I held him." So, uh, not much controversy here when you have you know the Eagles coach saying it is what it is, and the, and the young man saying, "Yeah, I definitely held him." Well, it was clear—you saw the shirt come out right in, in, in the young man's hand.
2: Uh, but I will say, many of those are overlooked even in the regular season, let alone a uh, deciding play in the Super Bowl, because Patrick Mahomes' eyes initially, were away from the hold. Now, I do believe that he knew it was mankind, and he was going to come back and throw that, and he was getting a look-off on the safety, right? <clears throat> so, But typically, officials will let that go in a Super Bowl-type of deciding-type of play uh, situation.
1: No, now on ESPN Radio, the Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty Mordowag, in studio with us here on your radio. Want some free Dazzler's car wash? I got my car all spiffed up over there over the weekend. We got a $50 gift card for you, two Dazzlers. Call right now, 406-888-1029. That's triple eight one zero two nine. 1029 caller number six. Got 50 bucks at Dazzlers Car Wash. Our next door neighbor here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, located on Radio Way here in Missoula. Keep your car sparkling clean all winter long. Call right now, triple eight one zero two nine. 1029 caller number six. 50 bucks at Dazzlers Car Wash. What's next for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles? We'll do that next. Keep it right here. Nuance Now, ESPN Radio. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9
2: ESPN Radio Missoula.
1: Only 10 minutes left of the Monday afternoon quarterback, the final one of the 2022-2023 football season. Our great friend and colleague, Marty Mornowig, sitting in the studio with me, Coulter Nuwana's, here on ESPN Radio. It's been great. 20-plus uh, weeks of doing this every Monday don't know how we're going to fill the airtime after you're gone, man. I miss you already. Hey,
2: I'll tell you what. I had a blast. But I will tell you, there's going to be some excitement oh,
1: in this offseason. For sure. I mean, NFL, its excitement year-round. That's why the NFL is crazy, because we're going to talk about the Super Bowl for about 10 more minutes, and then we're going to talk <laughs> about the offseason for the next six months, and we'll have all sorts of storylines. We talked so much about the, the Chiefs and what this means for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the organization and all of it. I think it's a very affirming win for the Chiefs. I think it leaves no doubt, as you said, in terms of the legacy of particularly the two main characters Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. On the other side of this thing, though, I thought that the, the rebuild that the Eagles have gone through over the last five years is a model for everybody else in the NFL because they won the Super Bowl and then they tore it down and then they're back in the Super Bowl in five years or less with new personnel, particularly a new quarterback. To have a guy like Carson Wentz who was riding the lightning, and then he gets hurt and he falls out of favor, and then Nick Foles and he falls out of favor, to go all the way through all of that, and then ride with Jalen Hurts and get back to the Super Bowl. I think it's a great example of the rebuild, but I know you're close with Jalen. I just felt terrible for him afterwards, because he couldn't really play much better. He had the one fumble, but other than that, he played absolutely lights out in his first Super Bowl, and you could just tell he was just so disappointed afterwards.
2: Oh, yeah. This man plays to win. I mean, He is going to have... No problem recovering. Now, it might take a few days. You know, players uh, get, get over it a little quicker sure. than coaches and, and fans, especially. Well, you especially
1: because Jalen Hurts is only, what, 23, 24 years old. I mean, he's, he's super young. He's got a lot of, of career ahead of him. He's young,
2: and he's built the right way. He's sort of built like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, his dad was a high school coach. Yep. He played at Alabama. He played at Oklahoma. Some very, very good pro, tough programs, right, to play quarterback in. I mean, the expectations are very, very high. Uh, he has no problem learning from failure. Sometimes you have to fail uh, to, to get to where you want to be, to become great. And look, at he played fantastic. I mean, stat-wise, it's one of the best quarterback play in in Super Bowl history. I mean, he threw for over 300. He ran for a bunch of... He uh, accumulated a bunch of touchdowns. I mean, this man, if, if it wasn't for him, the Eagles wouldn't have been in the game, let alone have an opportunity to win.
1: What do you think is next for the Eagles, then? Because they are a team that is sort of two-sided, right? They got these unbelievable young offensive guys. Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown... A stable of running backs that are all in the early parts of their career, but then they got all the grizzled vets on the offensive and defensive lines and in the secondary. Where are we at with the Eagles?
2: That's a good line, Uh you know, offensive line and defensive line for sure. But many of them are aging. Kelsey uh at center, He's thirty-five years old. Lane Johnson and right, time. you know. Yep. So you know, now they got a pretty good younger type of left tackle who. Uh, has really come on, but uh, and then the defensive guys—they're aging. Fletcher I mean, Cox, uh,
1: thirty-five plus. Yeah, yeah. Graham.
2: And yep. the, the, to play over thirty is a little bit unique. These guys are unique at playing at that age, especially at those. But offensive line is a little bit more regular than it is totally. defensive line, but. But uh, we'll see. I mean, there's going to be a lot of drama in the off season. I mean, you've got the NFL free agency. You've got the draft coming up, right? You've got Lamar Jackson's contract, right? You've got the Colts and Cardinals head coaches. This is the latest I've ever seen this type of thing. Two of them. Now, one m- may be named in the next couple of days. The contract is up there, in, Kansas in Kansas City. City, right? You know, where will he end up? Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Uh Michael Irvin, what is going on? You know, he gets pulled from ESPN and 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 uh, the uh, NFL Network. I I don't know what happened there, and that, that's just among dozens of other uh, situations that are going to be happening in the NFL.
1: Well, there, there's rumors that the the Eagles OC might be headed to Indy for that mm. head coaching job, so that could be one. I don't know where the Cardinals go. There's all sorts of scuttle that people are a little hesitant because there's all this back story with Kyler Murray. I don't even know where I stand on all of that, but the Cardinals got to get it right. Cause the Cardinals have not had any continuity of head coach ever. I mean, they've had a new head coach at least once every six years for the duration of their franchise. That's pretty crazy.
2: Yeah. They've never won on a consistent basis. They spiked. They certainly spiked. They've been the playoffs, yeah, been the know, Super Bowl even. Yeah. You know, uh, but, but, uh, but they haven't had that real consistency. So, so here's my point. Uh, I would love, I'm not sure it's going to happen, uh, but Eric maybe would be a great fit in Arizona. Mike Kafton, who I drafted, you know, I could say I'm a big part of it, uh, in Philly. Mike Kafton, coached quarterbacks at Kansas City, so he's from that tree. Went to New York, the Giants. A big turnaround this year, right, with Jones. He was a coordinator, right? He would be a good fit as well. And you get that. From that, from that Kansas City Chiefs and that consistency,
1: when it comes to the Chiefs, then what is the satisfactory future for this squad? Because now the net, we talked about all these obstacles that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have had to jump over together. Now the biggest obstacle to me is going to be fending off the unbelievable expectations. Because now people are going to say, "Okay, can these guys really go chase?" Terry Bradshaw and Chuck Nolan and the Steelers. Can they go chase Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the Patriots? To me, what do you think? Andy and, and Patrick Mahomes probably have, what, six, seven, eight years left together? I don't know. I, I you, you probably can't speak too much in terms of the personal side of things with Andy Reid. But regardless, I mean, now people are going to say, okay, can Mahomes get to the third, fourth, fifth rings? Nobody's ever going to be satisfied with just two rings like he's got right now. I would suspect Andy Reid. Will
2: try to hang in there. Yeah. Uh, to, because he built it. Yep. Right? He and Brett Veach, Brett Veach kind of his right hand man, his GM, a uh, good friend of mine as well. Uh, but he built it. He's got Patrick Mahomes. Who does what? Wins Super Bowls. So I think Andy will try to hang in there as long as he can. He's getting a little bit of age to him, you know. By the way, Terry Bradshaw, get somebody else on the (laughs) postgame. That bothers me. He's talking about, hey, uh, waddle up here, Andy. That's bull. You know, don't do that. You know, just because you're hobbling, you know. Uh, But, uh, you know, and then eating the cheeseburger and all that. I know it goes back, but... But you got to get somebody besides Terry. Get somebody a little bit more with a little bit more professionalism. That's my opinion. And I love Terry Bradshaw. Uh, You know, I I think he's a heck of a, was a heck of a player and a heck of an announcer. But please, get somebody else at the postgame. And you saw Andy, tepidly, uh, he says, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, We'll see how long he can go. And I suspect it'll be a long time, more than probably some people think. Yeah, just because he's got Patrick Mahomes.
1: The interesting part, too, when you talk about personnel is that I think the Eagles, they don't need to do much because they have so much coming back, and their their offense particularly is built around these young guys. The Chiefs, they have the centerpiece, they could certainly add around him, so they actually maybe have more room to improve on a personnel standpoint, especially on defense and maybe on the offensive skill. Yeah, uh, And Patrick Mahomes
2: signed a contract that was a, a little bit towards the team, yeah. because he knows how important it is. If he takes all the money, he's not going to have the great players around him, right? Tom Brady was the same way. He would sign contracts that sort of tilted to, to getting some other players in. There instead of hogging all the money. You, these guys nowadays can make so much off the field uh, to make up for it, and they, they, these two guys understand that.
1: This has been the Monday afternoon quarterback. Coach Marty Mortway joined us every single Monday throughout uh, this last football season. Second season we've done this. Great pleasure having you, man. Thanks so much for always taking time. We love it. It's just such a blessing for us in Missoula to have such a great NFL mind to come talk with, to us on the radio. Why wouldn't
2: I come to be on the microphone with the very best, Coulter Nunez?
1: Well, I love it. Well, thanks so much. We'll have to have you back in. Because uh, I'm, I'm gonna miss you, man. We get we can't wait till next September. Maybe we'll have a little summer soiree once you get all fixed up again.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna get fixed up. That left shoulder is gonna get fixed. I'm gonna be swinging
1: for the fences <laughs> at the MCC. I've been trying to convince Coach. I'm like, man, you got to either delay or you got to get back yeah. and let's get it done. We can't miss golf season. But he's gonna be back rolling, and you're gonna be back better than ever. Should be uh, super fun. We will talk a little bit more about the Super Bowl throughout the rest of the week, but we're going to transition because we got rivalry basketball games between Montana, Montana State, this upcoming Saturday in Bozeman, and we also have a full slate of prep hoops championships coming up too. we got divisionals, then districts, uh, excuse me, districts, then divisionals, and then state tournaments uh, as well. If you missed anything in today's show, Montana Basketball Hour, and plenty of Super Bowl talk here on the Monday afternoon quarterback. Thanks to our awesome sponsors, Dazzlers Car Wash and Rome Student Housing, uh, for their continued support of us here, all things ESPN Radio, but particularly for bringing you uh, the Monday afternoon quarterback. And if you missed anything in today's show, you can always find it on the Nuana's Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. Plenty of prep stuff tomorrow. we got a community spotlight coming up tomorrow. we got our Treasure State Stars coming up tomorrow, and we'll be back on television tomorrow as well. Hopefully your Super Bowl hangover, literally and figuratively, is not too bad, but what a great football season that it was. And uh, we really appreciate, Marty, for swinging by all the time. We will see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. Have yourself a great Monday evening. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delanz of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know, if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury, accidents, things like that?